The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening slash watching to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Hey, we made it <laughs> through the snow. I, I was like, Define made it. And um, not only, struggled a lot. Not only do we make it, we brought with us a amazing friend and royal guest. <laughs> <laughs> the That's one and only. Mean, even really cold is a lot of matches. <laughs> Johnny matches. Here. John Mashoda okay. is joining us. John, welcome to our show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I'm in a nice warm apartment now that I wasn't in for a couple of days, but thanks to Kelsey Charles and David Hellman, I was able to stay over in their neck of the woods for a night. That was very appreciative. Thank you. Um, it was like a sleepover. I enjoyed it, to be totally honest with you. And I'm really happy with some of the developments that came out of that sleepover that <laughs> we will be discussing. Because um, guys, I'm, as you know, a little nerdy and I really like like documentary type or like historical TV shows. Um, the Crown is amazing. And if you don't watch it, you need to. And so now Megan got, I think, Meg, did you get me on the crown or did I watch that? I'm not sure. Megan's already watched The Crown because she watches everything. She's I do watch me. literally everything. And then I got Johnny on to The Crown as well. So we're going to have some takes because there's some shit going down in the royal family right now. But before we do that. And while we're watching The Throne, we're going to uh, talk about The Crown, you know? That's it. That's it. That's like all sorts of references wrapped into one. You're welcome. Happy Friday. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, but truly, uh, we're going to talk about Texas royalty or NFL royalty first. Did you like that transition? Like A plus, B minus range? Thank you. Passing grades at least. Um, John, I feel like we had you here in the offseason last time we had you on the show. And obviously, we know the major storyline as expected is Dak Prescott's contract and there have been some developments, lots of, I wouldn't say movement, but I would say things happening this week around this 
contract negotiation, at least discussions. So I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on the, just do you think they're going to tag where you where your head's at the latest on Joel Corey went on winning, winning on going on the fan. Jesus winting on that's <laughs> again words are hard close enough guys I have a degree in journalism this is horrific I really should get a refund um and just where your head's at on all the latest including the Seattle tidbit that came out this week I mean that was what I was not expecting that for one I think for me personally I there's definitely been things that have happened in the last year that have made me think that it was less likely that Dak would be here long-term. I've always felt like he's going to still be here, but there's different things that have happened that made me think, okay, well, why aren't they just getting this done? They know that he's their quarterback. There's not a lot of other great options out here. They have to get this done. But then as time passes, you know, I'm, I'm, we're not getting any access, but you're still writing about the team all the time. You're, you're talking to people, you're trying to come up with, you know, stories and so you sit there and you think about it and you're like well maybe they're not in on him all the way maybe they really like him but they don't love him to where they're willing to pay at this price but not willing to pay like anything you know but i'm still there's just this part of me that is complete i'm still convinced that they get something done and, and the biggest reason why is because of jerry jones and the fact that he's never let a player leave that he's really wanted and I still believe that they really want Dak Prescott to be the quarterback of this team and I find it interesting that we talk about this we write about this and there was really nothing that's happened there's nothing that's changed other than the fact that obviously Dak's had a couple of surgeries so there's a part of me that that really thinks that Jerry Jones isn't sweating this at all and that it's ultimately he's going to get it done because there is no doubt he loves that we're talking about this. He loves that. It's the number one topic on all these NFL shows. Like if he Dex, lives for it, right. If this, if this contract's done, no one's talking about Dak's contract. And if they are, it's at the end of a show. And it's like a, a brief little snippet that, yeah, well, Dak's one of the uh, Cowboys or one of the quarterbacks has gotten paid recently. And it's on to the next thing. And where they're at right now, every show you watch, whether it's just sports related, NFL related, whatever, Dak Prescott's contract is one of the top stories, if not the top story. And Jerry loves that. And so there's always going to be a part of me until the day I see Dak Prescott with another uniform on. If that ever happens, I will always believe that there's somehow some way Jerry's going to get it done because there's a, just from being around him for the last decade, I, I believe that he looks at this as, well, we still have his rights. He's not going anywhere. So I can play games as long as I want because I'm not worried about this. I do business deals all the time that are way bigger than this. This is this is a big deal to you. This isn't a big deal to me. I'll get this done when I want to get this done. But he's not going to leave here. But he's just <laughs> fine not putting that out there because he loves us talking about it and speculating what's going to happen. Because let's be honest, this isn't just like another corner or defensive end. You know, this is the most important player that you can have on a football team. And you mentioned the Russell Wilson thing. So when that news comes out today that, you know, the Cowboys are one of the four teams, Russell Wilson said he'd be willing to trade, be traded to naturally at the athletic. Cause we have a writer that covers every team. They're like, they asked each one of us that covers one of the teams that he mentioned, write out your trade proposal. And so I did. And the Seahawks writer was the one that decided out of the four trade proposals, which one he would take. And oh, he, I love that. And he took mine. And it's because I offered Dak Prescott. I offered the 10th overall pick and I offered a third round pick next year. And there are some people that have already criticized and be like, you're going to give up Dak and the 10. Well, yeah, that's what you're going to have to do because the only way you get to that part 
is if Dak absolutely is like furious. He's like, this isn't going to work out. I want out. The Cowboys are like, we're never going to get this done. We're going to have to move another direction. We need a quarterback. Let's entertain this Russell Wilson thing. I don't think it gets to that point, but for this scenario, they asked me to do it. And I was like, if things got so ugly that they knew Dak was going to be gone, then I could see them offering him. But here's the thing. You're going to have to still offer that first round pick because Dak doesn't have a contract. Russell Wilson has signed for three more years. You know, that Matthew Stafford deal, the Jared Goff deal, that was able to go down because those guys are still signed. So you have contracts in place. Dak still has to negotiate a contract extension with Seattle if he was to go there. There's so many moving parts. But for a hypothetical, yeah, I would give up a lot because it's just so hard to find a good quarterback. So in all this wrapping up, basically my biggest takeaway from all of it was instead of doing all this drama, just sign to the guy that you have. I know you're going to overpay him, but overpay the guy and, and put this behind you and move forward. Meg, what were what were your thoughts when I know I'm I can't even imagine what went through your mind when you saw that notification pop on your screen that Russell Wilson was like, yeah, I'd go to Dallas. Like if I could be a fly on a wall in a room, that would be my choice. Well, <laughs> My first response was like when I like popped up as a notification on my phone, I was like, I just like dropped it on my couch. I was like, "Mm." (laughs) what? And then I opened it up. I looked it over and I kind of had that thing where you're like thinking of someone's mentality and like John did a good, good job of uh, putting that mentality on uh, Jerry Jones of he's just, he knows he can do it. He can do whatever he wants. I went with like, I stuck this on Russ and I was like, he's trolling me. He's trolling all of us. He knew that if he put Dallas on there, he was going to get splashed everywhere. Yeah. I actually totally agree with you. Freaking way. Well, and, and just my old, my younger brother is a, a big Chicago bulls fan. He's a big Chicago Cubs fan and he lives in Detroit. So he listens to a lot of Chicago sports talk radio and we were talking about the same exact thing. The throw Chicago in there was so smart too, because that's like the biggest thing for them there. You grab um, all these markets and just go, hey. Right. But yeah. I like I like how you mentioned trolling because I mean you guys follow me on Twitter. I like to troll a little bit. And a I almost little? I almost put this out, but instead of tweeting out the video, I'll just I'll share it on here. There was a part of me when I saw him tweet or I saw that Adam Schefter tweet that. So like I think it was GQ, but there was like this interview. I don't know, it was within the last few months where it was Russell Wilson and Sierra. And so mm-hmm. they asked these questions to each other back and forth. It was like a little game, you know, see if they could get the answers right about different things in the relationship. And one of the questions that she asked was uh, like, when did you, when did you first tell, tell me that you loved me? And uh, he knew right away. And it was at Nick and Sam's in Dallas and she knew right away. And they both started talking about that. And I was like, shut up. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I could put that out there right now, but I'm not doing that. Cause I just know, like, first of all, let me just be honest with you guys. Like, for many reasons, I would prefer greatly that Dak Prescott remains the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Like one, like I'm an unbiased sports writer, but I, I'm still a human being. I like dealing with people that are good to deal with and he's good to deal with. That's one. Two, I talk about this with some other people that, um, other writers that, you know, you, you get in this profession because you like to write, you like to tell stories, things like that. And, and for a lot of writers, that's like their number one line, one thing that they love the most. That's probably number two for me. Number one for me is like, I love football and I, and I, and I want to cover a winner, you know, like I'm super, super jealous of the guys that have gotten to cover and, and ladies that have gotten to cover the new England Patriots over the last decade. I am so jealous 
of what they've got to be around. I've always wanted to be around that. And so like, I don't sit there when I cover Cowboys games and I'm not just sitting there just like, if there's a bad play, like hitting the table, like I don't care like that, but I do want to cover a winning team. And when I cut, when I covering this team for the last decade and seeing how covering this league for the last decade, I just don't see how not having Dak Prescott is going to get you closer to winning big. Like, I, I just don't see that where you're going to do what, what piece you're going to add that all of a sudden is going to be better than Dak Prescott. That's realistic. And when I say that you're not getting Patrick Mahomes, you know, and if you, if you think that Deshaun Watson's a lot better than Dak Prescott, the Houston Texans are not trading him to the Cowboys. This Russell Wilson thing sounds good on paper, but that's probably not happening either. Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't coming to the Cowboys. And if you're going to go young, then there's Trevor Lawrence. He's not going, he's not going to get to the Cowboys. So like what scenario is going to get you in a better position than you have right now with Dak Prescott to win. And, and that's the thing that for the last two years, I've just find myself like totally not understanding why they, where they could be finding another Avenue to success that doesn't include him because I don't see them going young. I don't, if this was a franchise that was willing to go young, they would have at the very least, at the very least interviewed at least one college coach for their head coaching job. But they didn't do that. They wanted a proven guy because they were ready to take the next step. Well, if you're ready to take the next step, you're not doing that with somebody that you're going to draft at 10. You're not doing that probably with a guy you're going to draft outside of Trevor Lawrence. So the only other options would be then they would be trying to get into the free agency market like last year with Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers or try and get in the trade market for like how Matthew Stafford got traded or Carson Wentz or maybe a Matt Ryan or a Derek Carr. And I just don't understand how those are better options either. So there's just a lot of kind of just scratching my head like why aren't you just getting this done yeah i laughed with the russell wilson tom brady though (laughs) well yeah i mean if tom wants to sit there and but even that like no i meant last year not like not that this is a thing i'm thinking of now but just yeah imagine yeah i've been wild tom brady's gonna play until he's 70 and he'll still be able to throw a dime or two so like good for him i mean that tb12 uh diet book is probably flying off the shelves at this point probably I, my thing though, with uh, Russell Wilson, I laughed so much with the Chicago thing because I was like, aren't you complaining about getting hit all the time? And like, and like how your offense, like you're just, you're not feeling it. And you want to go to Chicago, like Chicago's the one you decide, like, that's the, that's the place. Like, come on, man. And you can make the argument that he's getting hit more because he is, if, if he isn't number one, he's in the top two or three of guys that extend plays. So he's going to sure. always take hits. He doesn't. So that's the thing. Tom Brady doesn't really go out of his way to extend plays. And plus he, the reps would like actually kick you yeah, out of the game if you touched him. But like, who that's said true. that? But he's so great at, at evaluating what the defense is doing before they've even fully done what they're supposed to do. And he just can read the defense so quickly. He takes what they give him and he moves on to the next thing. And occasionally he'll take his shots here or there. Russell Wilson is constantly looking for the home run. So even behind a really talented offensive line, like the Cowboys are when they're healthy, he's still going to take sacks no matter where he's at. I think that all this is just kind of, everything's kind of boiling over in Seattle that he's just not happy with things. So things are getting put out there. So he could have the best offensive line and they're going to find ways that get these stories out there to, you know, everybody wants leverage. That's what life is all about is leverage. And his leverage is that, you know, he wants more help on offense and that they, they need to provide that. And if they don't, then he wants out. And frankly, he's got a lot of room to stand on because a lot of these players that want out are getting out of their deals. So um, if he ultimately wants out of Seattle, Russell Wilson will get out of Seattle. So this is a sidebar conversation, but obviously in light of, you know, 
if the Cowboys, and we'll dive into the, the contract a little bit more here in a minute, but Cowboys can tag him. They have until like what, like March 9th to do so. And then hopefully they're getting a deal done. But do you feel like Andy Dalton, like what about the backup quarterback situation? Does that become like kind of a more important storyline than we realize if this negotiation ends up not going as well as maybe we hope? Is it, do you want to make sure that you have a guy that you feel a lot more confident in? Like this is not a, Dak seems like he's progressing well with his injury and all of that, but are you trying to be like, Hey, maybe I should be considering a little bit more about the guy I've got in second, second seat, just in case. Yeah. It's tough because I think Andy Dalton's a good backup. I don't think he's, you know, like I said, the goal with Mike McCarthy coming on was to take the next step. And that was to get to an NFC championship game. I don't know that he's the guy to do that. He's, he's a great backup to have. And if he is, if he really enjoyed his time being able to stay at home, uh, you know, in the area, obviously, and, and play for the Dallas Cowboys. And the other thing, key factor would be what else is out there on the open market. If there isn't a great opportunity for him to start, maybe this isn't that bad of an opportunity for him. And I think it's great there. But if you don't think you're going to have Dak Prescott, I think you have to real. I mean, quarterback is just so important. Yeah, it's fine to keep Andy Dalton, but you got to start looking for who that next guy is. I mean, this team is built to win now. And so then you better get on the phone and start making some calls to some of these teams with veteran quarterbacks to try and work something out. Andy Dalton's fine. I just don't think Andy Dalton is what they said. And if they, if that is really what they believed when they say sign Mike McCarthy was to get to the NFC championship game, you know, I don't know that, that he's going to do that if, if he's the starter here. So, you know, and, and I don't think that that's happening right away with a guy that they would draft. So I feel like Jerry Jones, who always says that, he doesn't have a time. He doesn't have time to have a bad time. I think that they would have to go through the draft route. I mean, through the trade route and, and there's not a lot of great options that stand out to me there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. To bring back Andy. The other thing is Mike McCarthy likes having a proven veteran like that. You know, there wasn't one here for a long time because Jason Garrett didn't really put an emphasis on that. He was fine with the Cooper rushes and, and guys like that really Mark Sanchez was the only guy that they went out and how Orton. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That means the disrespect for my guy. Yeah. You think, you think Kyle Orton erasure. <laughs> you, you, you think, you think Kyle Orton's taking this team to the next, next level at that, at that point, well, I mean, 2013. I mean, what kind of I, next level are we talking about? I like he's taking the or an yeah. NFC championship game. That's where this team has to go for it to be taking next steps. Absolutely. I mean, it is Brian Fitzpatrick's on the market. Like that could be a thing. I'm just saying like, that'll get you, that'll get you right back to eight and eight, nine and seven. Off immediately. Jameis Winston. Jameis got LASIK guys. Like, Let's give him a little bit more credit. He's please. no longer Jameis Squinston. He's not. Um, I'm, I'm a big Florida State fan, so we know. I, I wouldn't hate the Jameis Winston thing. Oh, I, I don't know that that would be the, best the answer. Idea. Yeah. I um, think the best move for him is to stay right where he's at. I think that's yeah. his best chance of success. Um, okay, so let's dive into the numbers because that's been the most interesting thing for me with all of this. And, you know, projections on what we think the cap's going to or the salary cap's going to look like obviously in light of covid um it feels like that's going to be impacting things and then the commentary around the sticker shock potential sticker shock i thought was an interesting way of framing it that maybe maybe the figures that the cowboys were turning down previously might even seem like a good deal at this point um so where, what do you, what are you kind of hearing numbers wise and what do you feel like 
the target ballpark range these negotiations will actually be in. So the, the to me, the most interesting side of all of this is that you, you don't really hear much. And, and I, we haven't heard much from Dak's side for several years. The Cowboys are the ones that put a lot of stuff out. You know, they're the ones that a lot of the stuff that you're seeing that like is sourced and things like that. When you see like the last contract offer, the one that gets out there, that's been widely reported 34 and I think it was 34 and a half million per year, five years. And uh, I think it was about $110 million guaranteed. So it would put him, you know, it put him in the top five highest paid players, but that wouldn't get him past. Wouldn't get him past Russell. He's making 35 per year. Sean Watson's at 39 and bless you. And Patrick Mahomes is at 45. So I I think it's going to have to be in the, in the 40 neighborhood. I think he's going to want more than even Deshaun Watson, just because the time has gone by. The the key thing for the Cowboys though, is that if they're going to do that, they're going to want to make sure that he's fully healthy, you know, after having two ankle surgeries and possibly not being able to do anything during OTAs and mini camp. So you might not see him until training camp. And so, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be some ifs there and some things that they're going to have to check out with like the medical staff. But if they believe that that's all on the right track and that this, there's not going to be any setbacks and whatever, you know, if that's going to be the price to do business. And, and frankly, anybody that's listening to this and thinks 40 million or even a little bit north of that is too much, let Dak Prescott get on the open market and watch how much money he gets. How about we not? I'm just saying. I, and and that's the thing too. Like every year we talk about- Real content. quick when I say that, like, and and don't think that that means that that's playing for the lions either. Like I'm talking to go to a team that's ready to go right now. That's just missing a quarterback that has everything else around them ready to go, you know, in, in a way, to, if you were going to use a perfect example, was that? Saint. Well, no, I mean, yeah, then, but I was going to use an exact example from this past off season would have been uh, Tampa Bay. Like Tom Brady's great, obviously greatest player ever. You know, there's no debating that. Let's not act like he was just pulling it, pulling up the, you know, creamsicle uniform, you know, 1987 Tampa Bay Buccaneers and taking them to the Super Bowl. That team was pretty loaded. Like yeah. they were ready to go that, especially yeah. on that defense. They won that Super Bowl because that defense is nasty. I'm talking going to teams like that, you know, that are ready to go. Like he ain't going to have to be slumming it anywhere on a team. That's like, uh, well, we're only going to probably win four or five games. No, he's going to go to a winner and get paid that money. So if you're not going to give it to him, somebody will. Yeah, no, I, I hate that I keep saying this because I desperately want him here, but I found myself more and more turning into like a, a fan of players and I'm a fan of Dak. And if he didn't end up here eventually, I'm like, I could totally see, I could totally see him going to New Orleans and that would just make me slightly ill. And then I would have to buy a Jersey and wear it underneath mine on game day. Hold on though. But is that going to make you, would that make you more ill than Washington? Oh no. I'm just saying, I mean, do you honestly think that like if something wouldn't happen with a contract with Dak that he would go in the in the division? Do you think he would feel at that point just this is obviously wild speculation that he would have any loyalties? Like, you know, Demarcus Ware was like, I'm not going anywhere in the division. Like I you think you look at the JJ Watt situation and you wonder how he's gonna handle things. I don't know if it came down to, I mean, he's obviously loyal to the team, but like that would be such a big F you if the Cowboys didn't take care of him that like, why would you feel loyal? I don't think it's likely, but I mean, I have a pretty messed up mind. I can always come up with a scenario <laughs> and especially, especially with the Cowboys. Like I'm just going to put myself in his shoes for on, on this. 
Let me find out that you were like really shopping hard for Matt Stafford. Let me find out that you were really trying to kick the tires and a bunch of other guys because you, yep. and then, and then really disrespect me when we meet face to face to talk over this final deal. Yeah, it's possible. And I'm telling you, like, that's a team too. Like, believe me, don't get me wrong. I, I would, I can make an argument. That Washington is the worst run organization from top to bottom in the NFL. I mean, they don't even have a team name yet and their owner is terrible. So you can make those, those arguments, but much like Tampa Bay, that defense is great. Like let them get the right quarterback and they're going to be trouble for a long time. So I could see why he there's, there's things with Washington that would be attractive, you know? And if he is really, if, if they treat him poorly enough, I, you know, anything's possible. In, in this, in this conversation with the Cowboys, how much do you feel like the TV aligning with the TV rights deal is still a part of like Todd France's strategy? Because I feel like that was a, a at least a big talking point in previous years. And the Cowboys were trying to get five year deals and just like extend it out. And he was like, nah, man, like three years line up with a 2022. But with a three year deal, if they did that now, would that would that kind of erase being able to align with that new salary cap inflation with the new TV deal? Yeah, I think a three-year deal would. Um, I mean, they might get this done even before then. So uh, that's still all up in the air. But I mean, they originally were wanted four. The Cowboys are going to give him five. But now he could be looking at three years because it's like, hey, I just played one of those years. Like, yeah. yeah, I was under the franchise tag, but that's one year. So yeah, he might only be looking for three on this next deal. And that'll really, things will really get sticky then because obviously the Cowboys are going to want more than three years because- Let's be honest. If you get a three-year deal, it's not like you're like, all right, well, see you again in three years. Well, no, you're going to see each other again in two years. You know, like you're not going to let, just let that negotiation go. So uh, one other thing I just wanted to point out here though, like when I talk about how things can get ugly and stuff like that, keep in mind, all of that stuff could happen and he get a contract done where he gets what he wants. Like there won't be any animosity from that. As long as the deal gets done, you know, they'll be able to move on. You know, I don't, Cause I've seen some people talk about, you know, and ask me in like on Twitter and, you know, in chats and things like that. If, you know, how, what, what kind of like long-term effects could this have on Dak? As long as they get the deal done, I don't think it'll have any long-term effects or anything like that. Yeah. I'm with you. I think he's, he realizes it's a business and he's the ultimate competitor, but I actually think he uses this as fuel. Like yeah. it's like F you fuel, you know, where he's like, okay, like, okay, you want to you know, try it's funny. It's funny you say it because I'm a huge fan of that Michael Jordan. Well, we're yeah. going to call it a Chicago Bulls documentary, but it was a Michael Jordan documentary. And I, I really enjoyed like people pointing out like the things he used to motivate him. Hey, um, anybody that thinks that that's that Michael Jordan's a weirdo. No, that's what the elite of the elite do. He's not some like only person that does that really, really successful people do that all the time. They always find something. And, and Dak is, is totally like that. He, I mean, you don't get 135 tattooed on the inside of your wrist because that's where you were drafted at because you're just like, oh, this is cool. This is just the number because this is where I was drafted. No, it's because you're pissed. Memories. Right, that you fell to 135. So no, absolutely. And, and I, I totally feel like he should. Anybody, you want, if you want to be really successful in life, you should always find little things that keep you motivated like that. And I don't think there's any question he'll do the same. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
questions including what are we missing when we work remotely or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking. From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I'm with you on that. So just so we're clear, I think that there's the money that Joel Corey was talking about and he kind of forecasted at least is $60 million signing bonus guarantees of 124 and a half, uh, fully guaranteed hundred million at signing. And that's three years. So that's your average about 41.5. Like you said, and yeah. that's like about the ballpark that you're talking. Cause last year it felt like 39 was like the, the, one of the magic figures and Everyone's like, ha, like that's insane. Yeah. Well, I remember at training camp two years ago, I remember Jane Slater. I don't know if she tweeted it or I don't know how it happened, but NFL network, you know, put something out like about, well, they could potentially be looking for 40 million. And that was like two off seasons ago. I remember we were at training camp and I remember right after that report came out, Dak was like, after practice, he was over by the stands, like, um, you know, signing autographs. And there were some fans that started chanting 40 million and he just like laughed or whatever like that. And yeah, at that time, 40 million, obviously that's, that's pre Deshaun Watson contract. That's pre Patrick Mahomes deal. So that still seems, but those contracts raise that up. And then you just have, you have other ones that are coming up like Lamar Jackson, you know, there's going to be other contracts that come up that are going to raise that bar even higher. So that's just the price of doing business. It's not going to all of a sudden fall off where it's like, Yep, Mahone's got 45, and that's going to be where the cutoff is. It's going to start going back down the other way. No, it's not going back the other way. It's never going to go back the other way. And really, to be honest, anybody that – I get in arguments with people this all the time. Like, anybody that sits there and is, like, mad at Dak about that, it's just like, why do you care? Like, it, you wouldn't care if you knew every single dollar that the team was making because you would look at it and you'd be like, $40 million a year? And, like, this, they're making this much? Like, he's underpaid. I mean, that's the type of business these guys are in, but – because their contracts are put out there, everybody knows what it is. I mean, I mean, frankly, heck, you look at these guys like Tony Romo, you know, you're getting, you know, 17 million, 18 million, whatever that, that final toll was to call a game. I mean, who's going to debate like what you're worth? Well, you're worth whatever that they're willing to pay. If an organization's willing to pay you that, you're obviously worth it. They wouldn't be given to them if it wasn't. So for a guy to be quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys and the money the Cowboys are bringing in, even when they're not winning Super Bowls, which they haven't done in a long time, like, I, I don't know. I just, it, it doesn't happen as much with, with, football because you know with like Patrick Mahomes that was like such a crazy deal but like in baseball and basketball I hear about all the time where like people are like critical of these players I'm just like what are you upset that the owner doesn't make more money like they're not giving it back to you you're not getting it like it's not like they're like hey we made a lot of money this year and if Dak only takes 35 everybody that comes to a game this year will only have to pay five (laughs) dollars no like the ticket prices go up every year. Everything goes up. It's not like, so who, why, why do you care if he's making that money? You're not getting helped out by it. The mm-hmm. owner's making more money. The league's making more money. You know, why do you care if it goes to Dak or if it goes to Jerry Jones? You want to know my least favorite, the one that drives me crazy is when people are like, well, you play for the Cowboys. So you should take less money because it's the star is worth it. So you'll get more endorsements that way. And I'm like, nah. No. Well, you should do whatever you want to do, to be honest, whatever makes you happy. I will say, though, I can understand a guy that's willing to go to the Cowboys because, you know, he has like big goals after his playing career. That's the thing that's so strange about like, you know, when you're a professional athlete, like you work all your life to 
and we'll tie this in later with the crown, but no, you work all your life to be this professional athlete. And then your life your, that you worked it for everything is done at like 35, 40. Some guys are, it's done at 25. Yeah. So you have this whole other life after you, if you have a big plans after, after your life, you know, your football life is over and, and you want to build up a big following, like it makes sense to sign for a little bit less with the Cowboys. It doesn't mean you have to do that though. Yeah. Yeah, no. And also like you know, lots of used car dealerships for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> like I'm just saying. It, right. It, it drives me nuts because like you mentioned before with like the Deshaun Watsons and and people start comparing, well, Dak's not worth that, you know, like Deshaun Watson money or like he's better than people need to mind their own business. Yeah, he's <laughs> not as good as you know Tom Brady or whatever it is. And it's like that's not how this works. It's literally I, when one quarterback gets paid, the quarterback market is reset. Right. So that's the bar outside of this ancillary bazonkers contract up in KC. Like we know that's an outlier. Everything else in years, baby, <laughs> get in line, you know? And so that's how it works. Like, that's just, that's why we keep on, like you said, inching up and it, like, no one's going to be like, Hey, we talked about 34 last year. So we're just going to go ahead and stick with that. Nah, man. That's well, and, he, and he's going to have to have thick skin after this deal gets done because any bad game he has, like the critics are going to be so crazy. Like, yeah. Hey, People we gave you 40 million. Them. Like you have to like lift this team up. And like, anytime that like, the defense is going to play bad, they're going to blow a game. $40 million man. Right. Exactly. So you're going to have that. So just like, that's the thing. It's like, you just have to have thick skin about it. And I think he does. I, I, I love social media because it obviously helps me with my job, but like most athletes, when you're in the prime of, of playing, like really you should follow Tom Brady's model of like you throw out a couple tweets here or there and Dak's the same way. I mean, Dak doesn't put out a ton of stuff. Like yeah. he doesn't put out funny tweets though. He just right. is only like, here's an ad. Right. Like, I would take your money boy. Yeah. I would stay away from it. Cause like, just from like his perspective, like, you know, you guys, obviously I would think you, maybe you don't, but I would think you follow Tad, you know, his brother. Yeah. I just feel like it, it's gotta be so exhausting for him because like, it's like, you're making, just, you make, you can make a billion good points. And it just like, it's just this never ending, like people coming at you that don't even know the whole story. And it's like, you got to draw the line between like, do I really want to argue with another person about this? They don't even know the whole thing. And here's the other thing. Like you can't tell everything. Like you can't say everything that you know behind the scenes, you yeah. know? So you got to like, keep it somewhat like, I'll tell you this. So like, it's like, I don't know, exhausting is the best word I can use for it. Like, it just would be so difficult. And I get where he's coming from. Cause if, that was my brother. I would be defending him too, especially to people that I just think are ignorant and making claims, but it's got to be exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I, it's a lot. It's just, I mean, and you can't even like go and relax on like a yacht in Miami, you know? Well, here's the thing though. That's, I will say this though. You can do that though, because no, most, most people, of it. That's most, what it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do. Yeah. Most people aren't going to say anything to you in person. They're going to, they're going to talk about how great you are and how, how much they love you and stuff like that. Now they'll go on social media though, and they'll, and they'll trash you or they'll go on a message board and they'll trash you. But if they see you in person, they're not only going to praise you, they're going to want a picture. They're going to want an autograph. Like they're not going to, you know, they're not going to really, you know, there's obviously some times where people will do it and you'll see that. But like, for the most part, people are going to be pretty friendly to your face. Like that kid with Cam Newton. That was so bold. Oh, I don't even, oh. I was I'm not, like, the, I'm not the biggest Cam Newton fan, but man, I don't know how. Like he had the restraint that he did not to, I mean, he handled it way better than the majority of people would. I mean, that's a camp that you're hosting and yes. someone's going to talk to you like that. I'm like, get out, 
I couldn't handle the people that were just like, he's a kid. I'm like, he's still like 17 years old. He knows better than He was being a shit. Let's call it what it is. Oh yeah. No, I don't, I don't think you get any excuses when you're acting like that. There's just, I mean, there's no reason for it. Now, if you want to say that stuff to him, cause you want to get a quick video and then you're going to leave by all means, like be an idiot, do that. But like, he clearly stayed there. There's a second video that came out. Like good player, right? PA, like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe don't ruin your chances with coaches. <laughs> Especially considering <laughs> that, like, you not to like post pictures that like make you look like a drunk when you're trying to get a job. Like, yeah. And especially, I mean, just the law of averages, like that kid will never even be anywhere in the same category as good as Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton was an MVP, first overall pick, you know, star college football player that won his team a national championship and a Heisman trophy. Like He's successful. Yeah. Like <laughs> good luck getting to that level, kid. Yeah. Seriously. Like I was like, come on, man. Come on, man. Um, all right. Man is exactly it. Yeah, right. Truly. Okay. So I'm kind of dying to switch gears if you don't mind. <laughs> So if you don't, if you want, if you're done, we're done talking Cowboys for a minute, just so we're abundantly clear for those. Who try to make really terrible metaphors. I'm sure they, they will. Um, because I just, I love this. One of the things I love about the off season is the tea and Megan Murray has ignited, reignited my flame and desire for constant tea. Um, and that's I what to live. Yeah. And if you are as much into the drama as I am following storylines like Dak and all this stuff and Russell Wilson, blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, the Royal family just takes the cake in that regard because shit is weird and wild. And I want to talk about it because now that John's on board, we <laughs> send each other like DMs and stuff. <laughs> on this. This is so like not a show that I would typically like. I'm stunned that I've even made it to the third season. Okay, this is not something I would normally watch. Gives you everything though. Like think about shows like that are typically like that typically guys like that are dramas. Like you're getting that same like satisfaction out of it. You're getting warplanes and like I I don't know like you're getting it all. You're getting all the drama and it looks good too. Right. Right. And it's, it's just a lot more drama, a lot more interesting than I would think. Cause uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was always like one of those people that were like, I don't care about, um, trying to think what's the last time there was something real big. The Eh, Royal wedding. Probably. Yeah. Megan Markle and Prince Harry or whatever. Yeah. Like I wasn't really, didn't care about that. I didn't really care about the wedding before that with Prince. It was William and Kate Middleton or whatever. I just, I was always like, yeah, I don't really know what they do about the babies. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I just, no, I just, I'm not like really, I know it's a big deal and, and, you know, their royalty, obviously, I just was never that interested in it. But I also, but I honestly thought it was because it was just like kind of a boring, like, hey, we were born into this life. This is the life we have to live. And that's it. I didn't know that there was that much drama that, and, and things behind the scenes, like shadiness that you're just like, shadiness. And then there's also the part where you're just kind of like, from afar, you'd think that anybody would want to be royalty, but then you watch this and you're like, I don't know if I really want to be royalty. Hey, my girl Megan has the right idea. I'm just saying. I think so too. And that's what I didn't realize. Like John, you and I were talking. I think the best way you described it was they're like the Kardashians, like the British Kardashians. And like, and I, they don't, it, it seems like they don't actually 
do they don't have as much power as you thought they did like i thought the queen was the queen right like yeah she, that's a hey, that's how ignorant i am me, like, I was when, too. Hey, hey when winston churchill's coming in there i thought he was putting down like the law and and now now i will say this it's like like even when there was things going on like there was she can't like force the prime minister out so it's like yeah yeah your royalty and you're the face of this but like you're not really the one making i don't know which let me also say though that makes sense because she was in her 20s when she took over like do you really want a 20 year old i don't care how battle tested and ready you are for the position i don't think you need a 20 year old telling winston churchill what to do so i mean it kind of makes sense at that part i got but i just was kind of surprised that like you know he's still got to come in there and bow to her and all that stuff like that like how i don't know i'm just not a big worshiper of other human beings like the whole bowing to somebody else and all that like and she made her husband do it her like at her like whatever her ceremony and i was like what i would do that to my husband too I mean, I mean, if you've on. made it that far, you're probably, you know that you're going to have to sacrifice some things, you know? So I guess you got to do what you got to do, but I, I don't see that. I don't think, I, I don't think I'd be cool with that life. I really don't. I don't I mean, think it's I just, would. It's so interesting to think of the fact that, yeah, she doesn't hold the, a lot of power as far as like what goes on in the country, but just the fact that they kind of um, like make, England look good right when other stuff is going on behind the scenes yeah that's kind of that's your head to the extreme obviously but I I just think it's funny how it's just to be the drama that 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 happens or it seems like it has happened yeah with a lot of these famous people it's like putting lipstick on a pig like all y'all can dress nice and wear your fancy jewelry and stuff but then you're shady as hell behind the scenes like you can go drink your drink with your pinky up while you're having an affair with your brother's wife or well you can do that though because you know you can get away with it like and and they have a history of not just you know a royal family but anybody i can be a a, you know professional athlete like when you're allowed to get away with something then you're gonna you're probably gonna lean more towards doing that because you know you know you don't have the same consequences as other people you know that there's going to be people around that are going to work very hard to cover up everything and make you look better than what you really are so i i get i get how people can stray into being like awful people we I mean, all it's... hate margaret though right oh no no mm. i hate her no well let me just say i got on the third season and i think i might be out to be honest with you what? Uh, yeah, I just. Oh no 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 no! You cannot stop now. I really like. I really like the. I really like the acting and the people in the first two series. And then, like when I saw that they weren't going to be in it anymore, I was like, mm, I'm kind of good with this now. <laughs> okay, give Emily Coleman a chance to win you over as Queenie. I promise you. I, yeah, I guess I don't know. It's going to be also, tough. Also, like Princess Diana. Come on. Yeah, you need the. You need. The Princess Diana story, like I had none clues and I was shook. Yeah, so, no, I remember a lot of that just because it was a huge deal when that happened here. I'm an old man. Diana. I'm an old man. So I remember like that being a big deal here and me being like, kind of like, I don't get it. Like she's not a princess here. Why do people in the United States care so much? But I remember it just, it was like the biggest deal. But, you know, to that point though, and it was only a short period of time in, the, in there, but like, it was interesting to see how much, uh, president kennedy getting shot like rocked even over there you know like yeah 
for, for them to ring the bell and do those the type of things that they did. That was interesting too, because um, that like shook them in a way that I didn't realize. Right. My, my, uh, my grandparents were, uh, on my mom, my mom's parents were huge, huge Kennedy supporters. So, uh, I learned a lot about the Kennedys, like when I was really young and, and they were basically like royalty in the U S. So it was just yeah. interesting to see like that dynamic, but my biggest takeaway from the first two seasons, I think I, I told you a little bit about this, Kelsey, is just, um, the thing that even if you don't care about the Royal family, the, the biggest, the biggest thing to me that just stuns me is the idea of Prince Charles and that oh. just imagine being like from the day that from the farthest back you guys can remember, I don't know, whenever that is the very first day you can remember in your life, you're going to be groomed to be the king of England. Okay. So every day, I doesn't matter like what you do, the school you go to, your friends, the people you associate with everything is predetermined for you. And you're 72 and you still are not the king of England yet. That is okay. so crazy. Because your mom thinks that you're trash and is going to hold on until she dies. <laughs> well, I don't know all of that, but I just, right. when I was That's watching that, on my part. right. When I was watching him at that school and being miserable yes. at this school that my dad went to, because I'm being groomed to be the king of England and I'm 72 and I'm still not the king of England. Like that is just wild. Like, can you just imagine like, yeah, I'm gonna. I want to be a professional basketball player, and I'm really talented. So I play basketball every day of my life. Well, now I'm 35, and I still there's still not a team that's giving me a chance. Like, you're never gonna get that chance to for the thing that you've worked all your life. That's what you're expected to be, and you might never get that. He might die before his mom, and he never gets that chance. Like, just Could think about imagine? all the drama he had to go through. I I didn't even consider that because like they're gonna they're gonna keep her alive for eons how are they going like, to keep anybody alive i don't know how you keep somebody alive i don't know but prince Bubble. philip prince philip is they're doing it right now with prince philip uh, betty white alive for so long do that it's well it's i'll be honest you know I, I think kelsey you said this when you when you i first started watching that first episode at your place and you turned it on and you were talking about how much you looked at your phone when you were watching it to like look up stuff because that's me like i'm gonna tell you this right now if the crown was fictitious I would have been out after 15 minutes. Like I can't do fiction. I can't, that's why I can't do any of the Harry Potter or any of that. So I can't, I just can't do it. I can't stand fiction. So I'm looking through my phone the whole entire time and I'm just sitting there. Like, I I don't remember which episode it was, but I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, all right, Winston Churchill doesn't look to be in good shape. This guy must've not made it very long at all in his life. Like he must've, he must've like died pretty early. Probably didn't make it that. And I'm just like, dude, this dude lived in 1965. I was just like, and he looks like he's in terrible condition throughout this thing. So yeah, maybe there's something over there. Maybe they got the I'm telling you secret sauce. I don't know. I I think they definitely do. Like Prince Philip is like 99. They keep on sending out notifications. Like he's in the hospital for a few more days. I was like, y'all, they're going like full face, body, heart transplant. So this man is alive still. And yeah, I'm very character driven too. So that's why I said like, I'll be, it'll be hard for me to stay with it because if I'm not really into like characters, like I can watch a bad movie with like a character I really like, like, like probably my best example is a movie that I wouldn't expect you guys ever to watch. It's called black mass and Johnny Depp's in it. And it's really not even that good, but I love the part that Johnny Depp plays. I literally probably watched it 25 times. Cause I just, yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. So I can tell you right now, I would not have been in past that first episode if uh, 
who was the king at the time that died uh, from the lung cancer? King George? Yeah. If that wasn't the actor he was from, the- yeah, yeah. I, I, it would have been tough for me because I'm a huge fan of the role he played in Chernobyl. I was a big fan of the, that Chernobyl series and he was awesome in there. And so when I saw him in there, when I, you know, like when he turned on, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this guy's like, good. What's like, up? And that Tommy guy, I'm a big fan of that actor too. That guy is awesome. Like every time he shows up, you're like, oh, shit's about to go down. Tommy just showed up again. <laughs> you think they actually watch it? Like I, I, I they- have. Okay, hold up, hold That's up, like hold up, hold up. How did you watch all of this and not get- with how many times they got that black and white TV on with a servant fixing the ears on the television so that they can find out about how well Margaret did in front of Lyndon B. Johnson. Like they're absolutely watching every one of these multiple times over again and complaining about what's wrong. I love it so much. Yeah, it's (laughs) wild. It feeds my soul knowing that they're like, look at this shit. And Margaret- I I will say, I will say for for Queen Elizabeth, I'm gonna take the Jerry Jones aspect on this. Like, for the most part, any publicity is pretty much good publicity. Like, she can be angry with this, like, in the way that she's being portrayed, but, like, it definitely increases her popularity to a age group that, for no, for most, there's no other reason why they would even care who she is. Fair. And I'm talking about, like, people that obviously aren't living. I'm talking about people that are living, like, in the United States that normally would be like, I don't care about Queen Elizabeth. You watch this, though, and you see everything she's gone through and these decisions she's made that all of a sudden, like, I mean, if you're putting together a list of, like, the most famous people in the world, she's got to be, I don't know, top 10, top five? Easily. You know? <laughs> I mean, she has to be. I, I honestly, though, my favorite thing is now that I've watched all of this, and obviously the Harry and Meghan stuff, like now I'm like, oh, good for you getting out of that. That looks horrible. Especially if you're not in line for the crown, then you're just like a prisoner for no reason, right? So yeah, like yeah. you're famous enough, you get all these benefits and then they can just go live their lives. But my favorite thing is that they're like, yeah, we're gonna do an Oprah Tells All interview on March 7th, which is my birthday, by the way. And then the queen comes out and she's like, I have my national address on March 7th in the right. morning. And I was like, let's go. Yeah. Okay. But who was actually being shady in that situation? Because me thinks it was Harry and Meghan because she, Queenie was always supposed to speak on that day. Oh, she was? She speaks on that oh. day every day, every year. It's the Commonwealth Day. It's not <laughs> so, uh, my birthday. Being shady? U.S. media? <laughs> yeah. I do think I do find it interesting, though, like even if you don't care about the royal family, I do think that the sibling side of things are interesting too. just how many levels you're going. And and I think it even applies. I don't know anything about, you know, Harry or William, but I think it applies even to today with how often our siblings, especially when there's two like really different from each other, because to be honest with you, it, it seems pretty well lined up that, you know, Harry is a lot like Margaret, like Harry is the one that would go out and party and do things like that, like she was and you know, William is a lot more like Queen Elizabeth, you know, where it's like, that's what they want to be the face of the country. They want the stability. They want that because that's what that's what their brand is. That's what the crown is, you know. So I don't know. I don't know if I could be that bold, though, to just leave like they did. No, that's wild. Just like get a compound in like the hills of Santa Barbara. And- is that where they're at? I was wondering where they're living. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's they I think that was a temporary situation they'll probably get something a little more grand built out there, but you know, (laughs) for now (laughs) it'll do. I am so glad that we just basically forced you to talk about the ground for 20 minutes. 
It's, it's, it's just wild because it's not something I was telling a friend the other day. This is not something that I would normally watch. Like, I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, this is not anything I would normally be into, but favorite thing. I need you. I need this, John. Like I need you to watch season four. That's what right. I need. Like I need to get to four. Cause the start of three is pretty boring. Well, three is boring until like the halfway mark. So if okay. you want to go ahead and skip. No, I can't do that. And then Margaret gets lit. Margaret is lit. She drives me crazy. I well, think funny. In the first she's season, uh, in the first That's season, I, I, I thought, I don't know. I was a fan. I mean, the first two seasons, sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm, I actually, I like her. I think I like her because she gives zero fucks. Right. And, just, and then I like, I like, uh, I like uh, Charles's sister. What's her? Sophia. Princess Sophia. She's hilarious too. I don't think I'm familiar with her work yet. <laughs> yeah, you will be because she's just like, she's very much the same. And like, I think it's the funniest thing. Um, anyways. All right, guys. Well, um, John, thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Meg, we might have to t- incorporate more TV talk into our <laughs> TV talk should be the segment. Don't tempt me with a good time. I mean, we might. We just- binged five shows in total on Netflix within the last week. So- all right. Well, let me ask you this then. If you're doing all that, like where in comparison would you rank the crown with these other shows that you're watching? Ooh. You know, it holds up. Because I'm telling you, The Crown is holding up with me for a large part because there's not a lot. Like, they took The Office away from me on Netflix. And so I only have Netflix and HBO. Like, those are the only two streaming services. Oh. So there's not a lot that I'm really interested in right now. I didn't know they took The Office off, and that yeah. just upset me. Yeah. Well, you didn't know that? I mean, I think I remembered. It. No, I forgot. It's on Peacock. Yeah. Oh, God. Whatever. All these right. streaming services. Well, the first two seasons are free, so if you want to go watch it, okay, I'll figure. So it out. what? So where? So Megan, where does it compare to these other shows you're watching? Um, a lot of the shows I'm watching right now are more like one-off things. I don't think they're gonna give me more of, and I, you know, how I. This is why I don't like movies, is because I want more. I want the story to keep going. I want to like the character development to continue. That's what I want. <laughs> but these, I don't th- I don't know if I'm going to get that from them because it's, it's they're only one season. They just popped up. So I'm like, I'm giving them a feel. If they give me more later, then we'll talk. Maybe yeah. we should get they're not on their Southern level. Charm. John should watch Southern Charm with us. <laughs> no, no, but it's it's funny you say that because that's, that's why I like watching stuff that's fact-based because even if it just says it's like loosely based on true events or whatever, I can watch that movie and... I almost always spend like the next hour or two after it, like researching, like, okay, how much of this stuff is like real deal? How much of this was like made up because it looked better on TV, you know, and things like that. Like, I love that. So that's why I don't care about really that much about fiction because it's just like, well, it's just somebody made this up. Like I, you know, I like looking up, I like it, you know, find out the dirt, like of what really did happen. Is this, are they, how much of this stuff is kind of overblown and, and like maybe this interaction really never happened. And so far from watching that crown, like it seems like most of the stuff's pretty legit. So it sounds like you're in the right profession is what you just told us. Yes. Yeah. I'm very curious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John, you're the best. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. You guys can find John's work over at the athletic. Literally I can vouch for the fact that 
subscribing is one of the best investments I've made. It's literally like a coffee a month. It's ridiculous. So affordable, all the above. And plus you get all of John's great content. And if you like um, the trolling behavior, which John, you know, Meg is great at and John is amazing at too. So you should probably be following him on Twitter. It's it's at John Machota, right? It's just John yeah. Machota. Yep. Yeah. Uh, K-O-N, no H. Yeah. Right. K-O-N, no H, like Machota. And um, John, do you have any final words for the good people? <laughs> I don't, but I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. You good, Megan? I appreciate, I appreciate you popping the athletic there, though. It's great. It's great content, seriously. Like, even if you don't want to read my stuff, there's a lot of, like, good stuff on there that every team, like, it's, it's amazing, the stuff that, I mean, it helps me because I take so many story ideas from so many of my other colleagues, but, like, uh, that just, it's amazing, like, basically today like when all of a sudden russell wilson that news comes out and like yeah. i can Love sit the there and I, I, yeah i can have like a writer that has been covering another team for a long period of time be like oh this is how, how it would work from our side and then we can all come together and put something together like that so yeah no i uh, appreciate you pointing that out yeah and dane brewer has his his draft guy that will be on there too that's a part of your subscription so all the above there's so many reasons i mean we want we we do another podcast on why you should subscribe so please do that um, help our boy Johnny out. John, thanks for joining us. Meg, uh, you can find Meg and I on Twitter. I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles and Meg is at Meg Murray with four R's. Um, there's some important words though, that we always leave the people with John, just so we're clear. You've probably heard it before. Cause we do this consistently. It's also sitting behind me, but I'll let the one true queen of, um, the bird haters go ahead and leave us with what we need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas forever, Philly for never. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>